Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is Force Center, a show about Star Wars, pop culture, and the ultimate adventure, life itself. Don't read the copy, Ken, just <laughs> say it. I'm Ken Napsack. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. 
And I'm Jennifer Landa. And we're here to discuss the Rebels Id live action. That's right. We're going to dive in deep today to one of the big draws and one of the big things in the Ahsoka series. Uh, that is the continuation of Rebels. We're going to uh, go character by character, overall thoughts. Uh, was it just Rebels 2.0 or is it so much more? I think you might know the answer there. Before we get to all that, I want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free, yeah, free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Joseph and Jennifer, we're still adjusting to force center on camera despite both of us all three of us spending uh, most of our lives on stage or in front of cameras it's sometimes still a little weird for me <laughs> yeah no it is uh i'm still working on how to sit correctly somehow yeah. <laughs> talking with a camera as opposed to just talking with a, a microphone has changed the way that i sit i'm sitting yes. incorrectly so i'm working on it we'll see yeah jen how you doing with it I'm okay, except I think last week I forgot to mute myself and I took a big slurp of coffee. And I, I'm sorry to all of you listening. It was like, so anyways. Okay. Like we said, we're, we are the DJs in the window at the mall like they used to have in the 80s a lot. So you can see that's the, you know, less of a show. But I just feel weird not addressing a camera like a sports center anchor. So it's it's a, it's a it's just where we're at. But it's a lot of fun. And I want to address too, uh, uh, I've gotten this question a few times from four center listeners. Hey, I listened on the podcast. Do you want me to watch on YouTube instead? The <laughs> honest answer is both. Um, <laughs> if you're a podcast <laughs> listener, uh, keep listening on the podcast, take us with you, put us in your ears while you're at work or uh, at the gym, on the road, all those kind of things. But Hey, if you want to pop over to the YouTube channel, give us a like, uh, subscribe to the channel and stuff. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. That helps as well. Uh, but if you're finding us on the YouTube side and you like our faces, uh, Hey, there you go. But we do have a podcast available as well. So, yeah. uh, that's part of it there. Yeah. I also think if you uh, if you're a podcast person and podcasts are how it fits into your life, great. Um, with social media collapsing and fracturing, if you have a comment or a reaction, you know, you want to share what your favorite moment that Sabine had in the show was. Uh, YouTube is probably we're gonna where we're gonna see that comment. So even if you're listening mm -hmm. on podcasts, it's great to comment on YouTube. Yeah, that's absolutely. Uh, true as well. And uh, we are all uh, fighting against swimming upstream and just bobbing along in that algorithm river as well. But comments <laughs> and likes and all that stuff do help, do help. Uh, we're going to dive into some of that stuff first. But we do want to get to a promotion, part of our ask segment, you could say as well, Joseph, you know? That is right. Uh, we are going to be on YouTube uh, even more later this week. We are going to have a Star Wars Holiday Life Day special stream uh, on Friday, December 15th at 2 p.m. Pacific. We've been loving over the last year, year and a half, two years. I don't know how time works. Uh, doing these live streams on YouTube. This one is particularly exciting because we've got some uh, special holiday uh, content uh, ideas that we want to share. But also, this is going to be our first time back doing a Q&A where we can talk Star Wars. We can take any question about Star Wars. We can take any question about anything in pop culture. Uh, no holds barred. Let's do all sorts of Kermit fanfic. Let's go. Uh, you know, for the holidays, Friday, December 15th, 2 p.m. Pacific. <laughs> ah, absolutely love that. Absolutely. Love. One of my favorite things, we didn't discuss it much even off air. Uh, Jen, is uh, you uh, you lovingly referring to Kermit as Kermie the entire time we are having that conversation about Muppets. My I favorite. can't not do it. I don't know what it is. Kermie. <laughs> and I just realized Kermie. with a live stream, I just got some Star Wars pajamas. I might wear my Star Wars pajamas. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Nice. There you a go. real PJ party. 
PJ party. <laughs> most, most of the time, I'm in my sweatpants and slippers anyway, so we'll just complete the assignment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, With this Kermie, is a PJ party. Uh, Kermie's PJ party. Yes. Uh, every every episode is a PJ party uh, for me on the lower half of my body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, same, same as well. It's the magic of entertainment, <laughs> what we're doing here. So again, that's Friday, December 15th, 2 p.m. Pacific. That's kind of the time we settled on to uh, accommodate uh, the most time zones we possibly can mm-hmm. is, is where we're at. And it's always available on replay. Our holiday live stream is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yo, uh, normally we go into life adventures, but we move that to our uh, cues of the other episodes so we can dive right in. Joseph, this is a, a topic that has been years in the making. Yeah, that is right. We've talked about it before. We saw Ahsoka, but now we get to talk about it having actually seen Ahsoka. And it is Rebels in live action. We're going to discuss the role of all the characters from Rebels in the Ahsoka series. Sabine, Hera, Ezra, Chopper, Jason, uh, the Lothcat, and concerns about the Lothcat. Uh, Ryder Azadi yeah. appearances. Uh, technically, of course, we could throw Thrawn in there too, uh, but this episode is already bursting at the seam, so we're going to save Thrawn for future discussions. Uh, we're just going to start with the big picture. We are all Rebels fans. We all enjoy the animated series. Uh, Ken, what is most interesting or important to you about these characters making the big leap to live action? I think the the most interesting thing going in and what became the most important for me was getting a little bit of answers, getting a little bit of information, those answers that we need, I should say, that, that uh, Rebels... I'm in that camp of Rebels of some of my favorite Star Wars content. I know I'm not alone in that, not even here in this show. But it was it ended. I think I think Rebels wrapped up, but it had some big lingering questions that uh, in that Star Wars slash Filoni style were uh, left to be answered, not just on T-shirts at conventions. And so that became intriguing to me that we're going to get to go on. But also, I think that was important to to. It's not always important to. Get get the answers you want as a fan. That's that sounds uh, c- close to demanding, but it, it was these are characters we love, and and to get the chance to spend more time with them, even in a different format, uh, was important to me. And, and and I was one of the folks that even maybe a couple years before was like, I don't know, I kind of wanted to stay an- animated because it seems a little more complete. But uh, the adjustment uh, was was made, and and that ended up being something I enjoyed in the series. Yeah, I, I think it's an important distinction, and we can do a l- larger episode at some point about interconnected storytelling. And there's mm-hmm. there's always been that tip of the iceberg storytelling we talk about in Star Wars where a cool thing happens by, and you're like, ooh, I would like to know more about that. Like Obi-Wan mm-hmm. mentioning the Clone Wars and the original, or just like Captain Phasma, cool character, I'd like to mo- know more. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between that and what Floney has really taken to doing in his storytelling, in my opinion, of resolving character arcs but then actually ending the show on a next time on Star Wars and actually telling you, I'm showing you that there's more story and I'm ending plot-wise, not character-wise, plot-wise on an ellipsis so that you're really leaning in. So it isn't just like, hey, I, I am obsessed with Ponda Baba and I demand more Ponda Baba storytelling. <laughs> Instead, it is the creator going, there is a plan for next time. There is another adventure I'm explicitly telling you. So it really mm-hmm. heightens that desire and in some ways becomes a little bit more of a promise mm-hmm. from the creator. And I think that's where I was left with Rebels mm-hmm. of, yeah, after the war, they still have more adventures. Sabine and Ahsoka are going to go look for Ezra. 
Can't wait. This is where Hera ended up. Can't wait to see that fulfilled. Jason exists. <laughs> All yeah, those yeah. ellipses. Uh, so I really agree with that. Jennifer, for you, what was uh, most interesting or important about seeing these Rebels characters? I think exactly what you're what you're saying is kind of fulfilling that promise, which I mentioned last week, Dave Filoni said that he was fulfilling the promise of of, you know, showing Anakin Skywalker um, in this series because he was mentioned in A New Hope. And anyways, so I think for an older fan like myself, we grew up not, I don't want to say having broken promises, but things were not resolved, right? Like I always <laughs> wanted to see Leia training to become uh, a Jedi. And that just was not a reality at that time. And, you know, if you missed a TV show, you might be lucky if it was a, a rerun, but otherwise you may never see it again. So here, <laughs> here we are. It's like getting our, our, our biggest wishes granted um, by Dave Filoni. And I think it's, I think it's wonderful. And I'm actually surprised by how successful the transition was, which we'll get into more. But I, I, I was a little skeptical and it blew me away. Yeah. No, we're going to talk each character about that leap to live action because that can be really hard when you make a solid relationship with the character in one form, one media, one voice you're used to, all that. So we'll talk about that character by character. Uh, I, I think it often comes up when we talk about live uh, live action versus animation. Uh, I think we're all lovers of animation. We're all pretty uh, deep into the realm of Star Wars where animation is vital, important storytelling. And for me, it is never less than. But there is just that harsh truth of fewer people watch animation mm-hmm. and the world, you know, the entertainment industry and, and viewers still in terms of numbers and money and attention treat it as less than. Mm-hmm. So a part of the thrill of the, the leap to live action is now these characters do feel like, OK, they can't be swept under the rug. They are now fully solidly a part of Star Wars in a way that, that is more difficult to uh, to be ignored. Mm-hmm. Um Another thing I've been excited about these uh, characters, and it goes with Ahsoka also coming from animation, but the Rebels in particular uh, making this leap to live action. I just think this is a weirder and literally different looking show than they we would have got if they weren't coming from animation. I think hmm. because this was a continuation of animation, uh, we hmm. had so many lead characters uh, are women. Mm-hmm. Uh, in In particular, aliens. I think... I mean, look at this show, look at Thrawn and Ahsoka and Hera and even Hu Yang, the amount of of time that he gets as a main character, not just a comic sidekick, a main character mm-hmm. uh, that we've had those debates for years as fans. Like, could we ever see a live action show where the main character is just a Rodian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're probably still a few steps away from that. But I think because these characters are already loved in animation that can be wilder, pulpier. Mm-hmm. It brought so much of the wilder, pulpier side of of Star Wars to live action. You know, looking at Ahsoka and comparing it to Andor or Rogue One or even Kenobi, uh, where just seeing this many aliens and, and robots <laughs> be main characters. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. It's a testament to the success of Star Wars animation. And like you said, I'll echo it. We, we love Star Wars animation. I, I say Bad Batch season two is my favorite season of star wars television so far but there's that reality we've talked even with in our industry 
even the unions and all this stuff. Every, it's been a year of Hollywood business being out in the public. Animation writers are still sometimes considered less than. Uh, voice actors, uh, how many times do they get replaced in movies by a name who's never voice acted before? It happens, and it's kind of the view. But it's a testament to the success of it and where we are, where um, I remember in the old days of Star Wars Pungentry, 10 years ago, I was a fan of Ahsoka the character, but I thought there's no way she's going to lead a show because not enough people know about her. It's just reality. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case right now. So even though there's still sometimes that that uh, hurdle to, to, to climb over for animated uh, shows and characters and even fans, I think, Joseph, you just highlighted the testament. The show looks so much like the world that was created there, and it's a continuation of it despite being a completely different format, that, uh, you know, uh, this is where we're at, and that's a good spot. Yeah. No, and it's just, to me, it's just the ethos of Star Wars is that that everyone matters. <laughs> but then there's like, but no one wants to look at weird head things. So uh, that that character can't be a main <laughs> character. And now they can, you know, the power of animation. Uh, we love looking at weird head things. Um, I had not included this in the rundown, but I, I realized that that we should uh, uh, maybe chat briefly about it in our overall. The concern, criticism that this is going to be Rebels 2.0 instead of Ahsoka's show. Uh, mm-hmm. Ken, how did you end up feeling about that balance? I think it it if I had to put it a percentage, it ended up being like a sixty forty in favor of Ahsoka, <laughs> if, <laughs> and, and that's only because uh, Ezra shows up later, Thrawn shows up later, which wasn't a surprise to I don't think anyone. Uh, Sabine is obviously key, but it I still feel as though we spent the most time with Ahsoka and maybe dealing with more of her issues than the other characters. Though, as we'll talk with Sabine and Hera and everything, they were very prevalent. But you know what I mean? It's still kind of, what was Ahsoka doing with or to these characters? What was she trying to get from the, I I still feel it followed her enough. And, you know, like Zeb wasn't there. If Zeb had showed up, (laughs) if Zeb was was there, there maybe would have been uh, 55, uh, 55. Yeah, well, and we could have a whole Zeb conversation of, you know, mm-hmm. was he just not around? Uh, <laughs> yeah. He got bad blood with Hera, like, because yeah. Cars- he's stationed similar uh, location to Carson Teva. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, Ze- sorry to bring up Zeb controversy so early in, in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, uh, for me, it was ultimately Ahsoka's show. She was the through line. I feel like Sabine... Uh, had a real complete character arc. I feel like Hera and Ezra and Chopper, um, all there, they had great moments. We're going to talk about them. They had great emotions. They had great perspective. They had growth, but it felt more like they were there to support uh, the main narrative. In the main narratives was Ahsoka and Sabine's. So it felt like this is uh, absolutely a, a, a balance. Um, I understand it as Rebels fans, sometimes maybe we're like, I would really love them to just get their own show where we can dive deeper. So Mm -hmm. I I understand that concern about it, but I thought it was a a decent balance. Jennifer, how about you? Yeah, I I agree with everything you both are saying. Um, I think initially when when the series started off, it kind of did feel a little too much Rebels 2.0 and then kind of more towards the middle, things started to take shape. It felt very much more Ahsoka's story. And then it kind of went back to Rebels 2.0, but I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I think initially I was like, okay, wait, what? But then once I saw where it was going, it all made sense. Awesome. Awesome. Well, then uh, we can get into 
each character individually. We're going to start with Sabine. She is uh, such a major character in the show. We might uh, do a full Sabine episode at some point, uh, so there might be more to come. But we're going to start with the the leap to live action. Sometimes fans' uh, connections to the voice actors uh, are so strong, so positive, it can be a challenge connecting with the live action version of the character. Uh, Jennifer, for you, how was Sabine's leap to live action? I thought it was actually pretty seamless. I think a really key thing was having Natasha Lou Bordizzo with Rosario Dawson at Star Wars Celebration. They kind of ushered them both in, so it felt very much like, here is your new Ahsoka and Sabine. It's not it's not a competition, right? It's not like <laughs> oh, the voice actors versus the live action actors. Um, it just felt like now they're part of the Star Wars family. I think that was really, really smart because by the time that I saw her on screen as Sabine, I just already kind of accepted it. And for like the, the minute that she was introduced, I was all in. I loved it. I loved it. I felt like she did a really great job bringing her own essence, but still keeping true to the character. Um, and it just was, it was a wonderful addition to the character of Sabine. And I, I, you know, maybe it helped also that I did not watch Rebels before watching Ahsoka. I mean, I know mm. that you did, right, Joseph? Did you too? Ken? I did a rewatch um, like a year out. Uh, I think like around a year ago this time I was rewatching Rebels. So it had been a little bit of time, same. you know, several months. Mm. I wonder same, if that same. would have shaped my my viewing a little bit differently. But I felt like it was it was great. Yeah. Ken, how did you feel? I feel as though everything overall was really good. Just the look and the feel and the dedication of the people playing them. And yeah, it's it's a tough spot. I mean, Tisa Carr was absolutely amazing as, as Sabine, especially by season three. There's some depths that she hits, some cracks in her soul that she discovers mm -hmm. as Sabine that are just so powerful. The Trials of the Dark Saber episode is some of my favorite stuff. And again, not alone in that one, I know. Uh, so I think uh, just naturally there's a bigger hill to climb for Natasha Lubordizzo, who I think put her heart and soul in this role. And the design, the look, the hair, I mean, her <laughs> hair got applause at, at, at Celebration, right, when they <laughs> shut it. Um, I both think styles, yeah. Both styles. And I, I think um, I think it worked. I think overall worked. I think I have to be honest about like the first viewing, I just completed the second viewing of, of Ahsoka, the first viewing during the height of the strike, I felt a little less connected to this version of Sabine but that might be because I went on such a journey with Sabine. I'm, I'm just trying to analyze it and being honest with myself. Mm -hmm. Like, like what's, what is truly my criticism? Is it Natasha Lubardizzo as, as Sabine and the writing of Sabine now? No, not at all. I think again, heart and soul is there. Uh, I had to break away from what I not just had had with Sabine, the character as played uh, portrayed by uh, Tia Sakar, but the, the, her story. I, I went, I, I thought she emerged on the other side of it. And then so when this picked up, I thought I was reliving some of the same stuff again with the character. But to be fair to Filoni and the team, like there's that chunk of mysterious time where this isn't the same problems. This is a new set of problems and a new mm -hmm. set of goals that I think are present. And, and I think I was able to put on the shelf, put any uh, apprehension I had or any disconnection I had on the shelf the second time around and just deal with, again, like we always say, what is there and what's the character going through? And yeah. there's some period of time we hadn't spent with her. So it wasn't mm -hmm. a repeat. It was just, uh, to me, now a, a newer struggle. Yeah, it wasn't like, and this is five days after uh, right. they defeated Thrawn on Lothal, and she's mm -hmm. still this, uh, you know, right. angsty older teen. Um, yeah, I think for me, my relationship is complicated. It's ultimately great. I love uh, Tia Sarkar's performance, mm -hmm. and I really like uh, Tia Sarkar in, in other roles other than Sabine, right. too. So there's a little bit of a connection there. 
but out of the gate, uh, the character of Sabine in Natasha Lou Bordizzo was one of my absolute favorite parts of Ahsoka. I think she just has this great charm and depth and manages to play sort of like, uh, I'm a little edgy, I'm a little snarky, I'm a little withdrawn, which could all be sort of almost stereotypical. Like, you know, people our age have, have you know, seen it since John Hughes movies of like the, she's she <laughs> yes. she wears a leather jacket and rides a motorcycle and doesn't show <laughs> up to events she's supposed to. That could be so yes. stereotypical. Yeah. And Natasha mm-hmm. Lou Bordizzo played it with such charm mm-hmm. and heart and pain that I was utterly drawn in by Sabine. Yeah. Then I go on a little bit of a complicated of like, ooh, compare contrast to the actual animated character. And I think mm-hmm. uh, for me, there's there's a roller coaster of she should be different. Um, this is a different time period. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of what we saw of Sabine in Rebels, she was a cocky, angry teen who refused to tell the people closest to her what her actual problems were in life. Mm-hmm. That's what's what's so successful about the Trials of a Dark Saber episode of like, your trial is to finally break and tell these people who love you what's actually bothering you. Yeah. Um, and and this is um, now a, a woman who has gone through all sorts of different adventures, but just age just age she's you know a, an elder teen in rebels uh i went to wikipedia <laughs> to double check my math wikipedia claimed she was born 21 bby you add that up with the galactic civil war the ambiguous amount of years uh mm-hmm. from this from the end of uh you know return of the jedi to this she might also be bummed out because she's celebrating her 30th birthday alone with a loath cat like <laughs> she's she's hovering right around 30 yeah. Uh, so imagine any of us, you know, being <laughs> the the story of our lives when we're being translated from live action to animation, but also jumping from 16 to 30 or 18, whatever she is in Rebels. Like, yeah, that's big by itself. Uh, sorry, I'm going on a bit. Uh, the other thing with this is I think there is a real desire to take a, a step back from animation because the style of animation and, and voice acting, even when it is grounded, realistic storytelling is to still be bigger. Zeb mm-hmm. uh, in Mandalorian sounds like he's on sedatives compared to mm-hmm. Zeb in <laughs> in Rebels, yeah. right? Because it's just yeah. a style thing it, it, from yeah. animation. Um, so I think Sabine, what was different to me is Sabine sometimes felt maybe a little muted in live action compared yes. to Rebels. But I think for me, it was the age and the creative choice to be like, let's really, really make sure it's a live action character, not an animated character. And, and I think for me, there are some times where I think that Natasha Lou Berdizzo is such an amazing, charming performer that I think there was room for her to go a little bit, to be allowed to go a little bit bigger in the direction than she was. Yes. Because I think a little bit of that, ooh, well, let's not blow the doors off of this. It's live action, not animation. I almost think that there was maybe a little too much correction. So for mm-hmm. me, it's a, it's a, mm-hmm. This is getting in my head is like I, I get the chance to be a writer and an actor and a director. And and I don't think this is for me. It's not an actor thing. It's not Natasha Lubertizzo. It was like there's some times where Sabine on a scale of one to ten would be ten in the animated series. And she was at about a seven. And I think she could have gone to an eight or a nine and still kept it honest in live action. Hmm. Jennifer, you're an actor. You know, what, what do you feel about that uh, way of looking at it? 
That's so interesting. And I think it really does kind of depend on the actor and, and, and obviously the director and the writing variation, but like some people are just more like me a little bit. I'm just naturally more dramatic, bigger. So I, I got to tone it down, but I know mm-hmm. a lot of actors that are so small and you're like bigger, bigger, and they still keep it like really just, it's just kind of that's their vessel and yeah. they can still be truth. Both, both styles of acting can be truthful. It's just going to be a different way to convey that. So yeah, that's an interesting point. And it, again, it's because I haven't, I haven't watched the animated series in a little bit of, uh, it's been a while, but you're right. Yeah. She is very, she can almost be explosive at times. Um, yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And what do you think about that? I, I, I like you bringing in the age angle. I think that actually helps me a little bit. It's an old fashioned uh, Star Wars counseling because I, I <laughs> muted. It's a good way to look at it. And I'm dying over the. Uh, John Hughes, I just, I want a freeze frame of, don't you forget about me. We've lived through that for 40 years of that time. And that was a little bit of the repeat. We keep having this conversation around the word pacing. And quite frankly, I think it's maybe uh, a misuse at times, not necessarily from us or anyone, but just it's the general conversation around pacing. It, it's, it's not the speed of the scenes. You can give me the slowest scene in the world. Uh, I'm a Game of Thrones fan. A whispered, hushed scene by candlelight for 10 minutes is great to me. It's not the speed of the scene. It's it's what these characters are learning, how they're moving forward, how they're moving back. It's 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 taking the story and does it move forward. I felt there was a lot of times, you're right, muted. To, I just, I like, either get angry. Like, get angry at Ahsoka. Uh, you know, what, what, Ahsoka's kind of being a, oh, I was, we're trying to be clean. Well, Ahsoka's being a jerk to you. <laughs> like, like, do it. And, and I think you're right. It, again, how much is that me and my expectations, what I, uh, you know, with what I'd spent, uh, the time I'd spent with this character for four seasons and, and now several years, uh, almost 10 years, Versus what they were deciding to do. A, a director's job is to make sure all the actors kind of are playing in the same show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and sometimes I made the reference to they, they started this album with three quiet, depressive songs, which is a, <laughs> your choice to make. But I, I think uh, Sabine was shoegazing at times for, for me when I wanted there to be a little bit more of a raucous uh, guitar solo. And again, that's my expectations versus what they presented, which is against what we have preached for years here. What's there? So that goes, sorry, full circle back to the age thing. Not just about the number, but of a little bit of like, hey, I thought I moved forward. It's almost like Sabine saying to me, Ken, I thought I moved forward. I, I, we, we won this war, uh, but my best, my best buddy is gone. And I'm starting this journey to be a Jedi, which I kind of might want to use to get my friend back. Mm-hmm. And things aren't happening. And then this hero, don't meet your heroes. This, this person I do love and care for who took me under a wig is kind of being mean to me. Now there's robots telling me I'm not even good. <laughs> Like uh, on the prospect list, I'm number 34 and, and, uh, you know, why not? I'm, yes, I'm sullen right now. And, and, and so I'm working through that myself, Ken, as a fan. And I, I like what you said about that. It makes more sense yeah. to me. Yeah. And I think there are beats where she is sullen and dour and, and, and she should be, cause that's what she's feeling. But there are those moments where she starts to get like, I, I, I'm rebellious. I, I, push back i you know i make a mark that she's an artist it's like uh, no yeah. one tells me where i can make my mark she's a graffiti artist that's a part of her soul she's a mandalorian and mm-hmm. there are parts in the script where where uh the words the intent is to push that and and mm-hmm. i would have taken some moments where i feel like uh yeah it's not about pacing it's about 
the overall tone of the show where there were moments where she is scripted to be a little bit more explosive and I would have taken a slightly bigger explosion. But again, yeah. uh, Natasha Lou Bordezzo's it's not about her as an actor. It's about no, that sort no. of t- overall tonal choice. I think she was phenomenal and one of my absolute favorite parts of the show. That's such a great point about matching the tone, because if she had been a little bit bigger, she wouldn't have matched what Rosario Dawson was doing with Ahsoka, which was much more subdued than we've seen her in the past. I guess that's why I liked the Anakin Ahsoka scenes, because it was so big and like more dramatic. Right. But that's just that's just me. Um. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it fits with everything we talked about with Anakin's like just really binary choice barking at people. You know, it really is like, <laughs> say the line, say it louder. <laughs> like, Anakin kind of comes in uh, as this almost tonal coach in the middle of the show. And he's like, faster, louder. He's, uh, Incorrect. A little bit of, a little bit of Lucas. Yeah. Incorrect. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Faster, more intense. Indeed. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anakin is <laughs> one last lesson, Ahsoka. Faster, louder. More intense. <laughs> uh, anyway. I love that. Um, I love that. So let's talk, uh, Ken, you're, you're uh, tipping into this with some really great thoughts. Um, Jennifer, for you, what do you feel Sabine's true goal or motivation was in this show? What did, what did she really want and what did she really achieve? I think it was just to find Ezra. <laughs> I was like, okay, I know you want to find Ezra. Um, but I think ultimately what it was about was reconnecting with her family. It was mm. about, like you're saying, she, she's, gosh, I didn't even think about that. Almost 30 or 30 living this loner life with her, with her loath cat. She I'm sure misses that and misses that connection. Um, so that's also why maybe it's like reconnecting with one's past, right? Trying to, to make that, um, to find that comfort. So I think that was probably her ultimate goal, but it did feel like it was very singular. Find Ezra, find (laughs) Ezra. Yeah. No, I think, I think for me, that's what one of the elements of the show that worked really well of it is this explicit concrete motivation of I want to find Ezra but I think the why was more complex and rewarding ultimately Mm. in why Mm. she was able to let Ezra go I I think obviously yeah she's alone disconnected lost her family on Mandalore she's got Hera and you know she could clearly spend time with Hera or Zeb so it's not like she's just entirely alone it's not like she's like you know I'm sure she could live somewhere else I think it's partially that she is feeling totally disconnected from purpose and therefore herself. She is a driven character who has that great, you know, edgy leather jacket. You told me I couldn't, so I'm going to bleeping prove to you that I can. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, talking about that, the difference between her animation and live action, like that's what we get to see her as a, an angry, you know, stick it to the empire, stick it to the man, younger person. Mm-hmm. And and she doesn't have anything to fight for. And she doesn't know if she can fight anymore. And I think it's tied mm-hmm. up in this really interesting, you know, I think it's so significant that the real early appearance we see of her is watching that video from Ezra, mm-hmm. who's basically saying in, in some ways, I trust you to, to uh, keep on with the task I started. And that's in, could be interpreted lots of ways. One is, is please find me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, literally, one is I know you can be a Jedi Knight. You can be a selfless warrior. Uh, I know you can protect Lothal, but it's all about like I know you can be this best version of yourself. You can find 
your your purpose and be yourself again. I think I think so much of the show is yep, find Ezra is a is a practical way to access what she truly wants, which is I need to prove to myself that I have purpose, that I can rise to a challenge. I failed at being a Jedi Knight. And I know I can do that. And I want to prove to myself that I can. Because I almost get the vibe of like, here's a lot of the show is like, oh, poor Sabine's so lonely. And like, I'm sure Hera calls pretty often. You could be running around with her. You could be spending time with nephew Jason. There's a part of her that is locked away. Because it's almost, for me, it's almost that like, you know, when you're really depressed and friends invite you out and you're like, why would my friends want to be around this sack of garbage that is me right now? I'm not, I'm not being what I need to be for them. Hmm. And I feel like that to me, that's a lot of it of like, I can complete the mission. I can find Ezra. I can be a Jedi Knight. I can prove to myself that I have purpose, that I have drive, that I can accomplish things. I'm a driver. I'm a winner. Um, yeah, <laughs> I I really love what you both say. And I, Jen, I start with your connection uh, theme, which is so big and, and powerful in this show. And Joseph, I love the idea of you introducing that this purpose. It, it, it to me maybe, and I try. I always try to find what what do I what am I connected with? I'm mm-hmm. a little bit older than Sabine, but I'm I'm selling too right now. <laughs> what is my purpose? But also the connection. There's that new normal push. I really do believe whether it's super intentional or not. There's a sprinkles all through this series of of a post COVID pandemic worlds changed type of atmosphere. There's a little bit of Sabine's graduated college and she misses her friends. And wouldn't we all love to hang out with them again? But you have to carry that forward. And, and she's only doing Zoom calls with Hera. She could be getting yeah. together in person and she's only doing Zoom calls. Good enough. That's a great point. Hera's on Zoom a lot. She's on Google Meet at times. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, and then, you know, this is always joking, but then you meet your friend from college and he's got a beard now and he's kind of <laughs> hanging out with some some uh, turtles and uh, he's, he might be dropping acid. He's he's listening to a lot of jam bands now. Things are different with him. But he's still your buddy. And, and but, but that... We keep going back to this sullen kind of um, stoic thing that at times pops up. I think I, I like it. It's like, no, I had this is my purpose. And then you plug it into the bigger picture post this big change. And the purpose has to be bigger. And some people around you are saying it can't just be this. And there's that Star Wars. Hey, you got to let some things go. And that uh, what what is attachment and what is dedication? What are the fine lines between it, uh, between love and, and uh, obsession? And and saving Ezra, finding Ezra is a good thing, but that's not mm-hmm. the entire picture any, anymore. Things have changed. And you got Ahsoka uh, showing up with, I think, some valid concerns. We can dive in a little bit with Sabine if we want later. But the valid concerns about, hey, what you do with this stuff, and I've seen it go wrong, and we know you. Uh, we know you're carrying a lot of burdens, but also Ahsoka with a truth that maybe she has to work through and adapt, but Ahsoka's truth is, Cool, I want Ezra around too, but Thrawn is the bigger threat, and that's a reality. And it's these multiple truths, which is this theme I've been playing around in my life, which is sometimes there's just multiple truths, and how you reconcile that is is uh, maybe how best you go forward or how you can go forward. And I think that's where she is, and that's part of the goal. But it's a simple connection, Ezra, and it's transforming right in front of her, and that's part of the struggle. Yeah, and I think, I mean, she absolutely does need and want to see Ezra again for herself. Yeah. But I love that you know, she discovers that it isn't selfish. It isn't like, I can't go on without Ezra. It's more like, I love to see him again. I wish I could be with him forever, but I realized what I needed was to go on this journey to fulfill this promise to him, to give him a chance 
to be safe. And and I feel like maybe some of her her force powers in the sort of the the moments behind them maybe could have could have been underlined differently. But to me, like that's mm-hmm. so much the power of I really tap into my power and my purpose when it's helping you to get home because it isn't entirely about my need to be with you. It's yes. about my need to fulfill my promise to you, to, to find you and to give you the life that you deserve. And it's a, it's a nice selfless Jedi moment. Yeah. I love that point. I love that point. And, and, and you know, this is where I would turn to you, Jed, as a parent of that line of like, I have, you know, my love and concerns and wants for you, maybe as a friend or a partner or a child, but I have to make sure that they uh, give way to your needs or your goals or who you want to be. And there's some of that push that I think push and pull that she ends up landing on. And, and it's just shown simply a simple direct, I'm going to push you away as or you go, like literally help you go do what you need to do. And I'm going to figure out for myself. And, and that can be hard to untangle. Um, Jen, again, I'm not a parent. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's such a, that's such a great point. I mean, it, it just kind of feels like she's maybe feeling a little bit sorry for herself in the beginning. She's let her hair just grow, right. It's kind of <laughs> wild. And then like you're saying, she finds her purpose and she, <laughs> she goes a more selfless path. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, it's such a great, I mean, the, the, the hair is a great, um, uh, a different visual, uh, sitting around the couch letting your let yourself go <laughs> yeah visual yeah. you know and and i think you know putting the armor back on is definitely the like i've been in my sweatpants for the last couple mm-hmm. of years feeling sorry for myself try to time to put on my my mandalorian levi's of right. honor and fulfill my purpose <laughs> by yeah. going to the grocery store um, <laughs> we all have that i have those days where i'm like today i'm gonna wear jeans to the store because it's time again it's, it's time today. it's time to fulfill my purpose <laughs> As I promised Ezra, I'd pick up <laughs> some vegan hot dogs. Um, so uh, I'm sure we will talk uh, uh, much more, maybe do an episode uh, uh, about this idea that has always been around in Star Wars. We get some great clarification that anyone can use the Force. Uh, but I'd like to talk specifically about Sabine's journey within that to become a Jedi. Jennifer, how did you feel about Sabine's journey to become a Jedi. Did you enjoy it? Were you challenged by it? How did it end up for you? I'm going to need some Star Wars counseling because it was fine. I just didn't under, I don't understand the purpose of it. I think it's because like we knew this character so well from Star Wars Rebels. We saw her journey and what, I mean, maybe I missed it. It wasn't really teased that she was, I mean, I don't know. I, I just felt like the focus was that she was a Mandalorian. That was like Mm -hmm. the focus. And I think the difference between this versus like, let's say a Finn. Finn, it was teased almost from the marketing that maybe he could be force sensitive. So I went and I knew nothing about that character. And so it just, it's a different entry point where I was literally like, wait, what training? Wait, do I need to go back and watch Rebels again? Because I do not remember her becoming a Padawan. I, I, I just felt a little lost about that. I think that that, the way that it, it ended up was great. I liked the training sequences. It made sense, but I don't know if we needed it. Mm. I, 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 I what, what was the point of it? What was the purpose? Help me. Help me. Mm. Mm. I mean, I think a, a part of it is exploring the idea that people have different levels of natural talent, natural connection mm. to the force. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a choice to train and to pursue. 
Mm. Um, we could have a much larger conversation. I, I feel in, in, in some ways, I feel like uh, for me as an analogy, the force has always been uh, whatever makes you feel connected, whatever makes you feel alive, whatever your talents are um, could be called mm -hmm. the force. You know, uh, you know, I've always the force has always made the most sense to me when I'm doing art and I feel like I'm tapping into something larger than myself. And it is both the most uh, largest expression of myself, but also I'm tapping into something larger and flowing and intuitive. And it's this mix of total training and total instinct when you when you draw or when you drum or when you act. Um, so for my life, it's always made sense to me as that. So I don't mind seeing the force as maybe maybe Han is tapping into it as a great pilot. But Han has so many walls up, he would never train. He, he, he'd be like, I don't know, I just do it. And that's him mm -hmm. tapping mm -hmm. into something. Mm -hmm. um, but he's never going to sit and train to move a cup or you know, put <laughs> a helmet over his eyes. And Sabine is somebody who feels this inkling. You know, a lot, lot of conversations on social media, and I, I agree with them. Like The Trials of the Darksaber episode does sort of lean into the you this isn't just a weapon it is responding to your soul mm. it, it you you and it are exchanging strength there's a lot of like oh is she tapping into something to use the dark saber um other people have pointed out that it, it, the engineering skill to build uh uh the the arc pulse generator that she names duchess the the weapon that destroys mandalorian armor that she's so grief-stricken about um that that has some similarities to anakin being a uh, brilliant engineer um so I, I feel like there's there's some people sort of uh, looking back. I, my my love of of art connected to the force it makes a lot of sense to me that this is a flowing intuitive thing that she does with art. So um, so I feel like it, it, in some ways it is there to make this argument that everybody has a connection and it's how much you are willing to train to accept it to rewire your brain to try for it. So I think that's. I think there's a larger like George has always said this in interviews. Let's make it absolutely concrete. But that's so that's one thing. But then then there's the character. What does it mean for the character? Um, and I think that's a, a, a conversation as well, which which I want to have. Um, but but Ken, what do you think about um, what is your Star Wars counseling for Jennifer just about the yeah. the the amount of clues we were given, the surprise, the twist, all that? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, Jen, in a lot of ways, and and, and but overall, yeah, we're probably going to revisit this a, a few times on on Force Nerds. But I'm really, I was really excited to explore it, and almost just kind of like I smirked a little bit, like, yeah, this is good because George has always said it. That stuff's gone around the the Star Wars sphere, right? Here's George quote, and we know Dave loves and studies under George, and it makes a lot of sense. And I love the Finn thing, and I think Finn's story is is still incomplete, and. And 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 then the argument of how much was clues, even what you're pointing out with Sabine, how much was clues? How much did Filoni think that in 2013 as he's putting stuff together? I, I don't know. You could probably argue maybe it was even zero. But the Trials of Darksaber stuff um, has those moments, has those connections. I, I think overall, again, I love the idea. I love where we're approaching. I think it pays off a lot. I think it's easy. There's a lot of misunderstandings or misinterpretations about Jedi and their purpose. I even saw one recently kind of going back to, uh, you know, Luke's, Luke's our, he's our only hope. And Leia, oh, also this Jedi, also this Jedi, also just this Jedi. And that, that's in, just incorrect because it, 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 
Jedi have this great big, you know, destiny, everything, but also they need to be where they need to be. That was the the genius, I thought, behind the Twin Sons episode of Obi-Wan telling Ezra, I know you feel this is your fight. This isn't your fight. The Force has not led you here. Your journey's elsewhere. So there's this big picture of can we recontextualize what it means to be a Jedi and how you get there and um, you know, the skill thing is good. It's it, it, the, the problem that maybe I had initially, or maybe I uh, really understand your struggle, Jen, is why Sabine, why now? Which Joseph, to your point of looking at the character, thinks a valuable conversation to have, and we can have some of it here. But Jen, I'm with you. It was like, why her? Why now? Um, it was a shock. It was like, I don't feel as though I really felt that that was her path. Uh, there was other focuses. It's like learning after nine years that a podcasting partner was a deadhead at one point, Jen. You know, We're, we all could be great. We all could be grateful dead fans. We all could. It's just how much dedication and how many Birkenstocks you want to buy. And people I have think- a different natural talent and natural aptitude, <laughs> aptitude for, for deadhead, which I would have to work at. Yeah, I would have to work at. Yeah, like it's like it's like I I bought Touch of Grey. I'm I like them enough. Um, but that was my so Jen. That's where I, I, I agree with you. Whether or not I can help you or not is <laughs> I had that like, okay, I love this idea, but why with this character and why now? Uh, right. Again, we ha- we hadn't seen them. We hadn't seen them even have much of that much of a conversation of Ahsoka going, "Hey, have you ever considered?" And we can imagine maybe that happened. That's another fireside conversation. But so, anyways, that's that, that doesn't help you, Jen. But that, I, 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 there's a struggle in me at times over over that issue. Yeah, that makes me feel I, better. Yeah, I, I think um, for me, and this is um, one of the challenge points of the uh, Ahsoka show, is that um, there's, like we we're talking about, those tip of the iceberg Star Wars storytelling moments where like, oh, that'd be cool, or this answer has been teased, and I'm waiting for it, and it's kind of fun, and it makes you lean forward. There are some other yeah. things in the show where I feel like just for me to most be on the page with this character, to feel what they're feeling, there's some information being withheld that I really wish wasn't. Um, and for some, mm-hmm. I think it's a fun mystery at first of like, oh, they trained together and it fell apart. Why? And we get that answer. But for me, what we don't get, which is absolutely crucial to me emotionally, is who started this relationship to be between Sabine and Ahsoka and why was Ahsoka at a point where she's like, I need to face my fear and I see something in you, Sabine. Do you want to try it? Was Hera like, kid, I've been with you a long time. I think Ezra meant something more when he said complete your journey, mm-hmm. you know? I, and did Hera play matchmaker and put them together? Did Sabine drag her feet? Did Sabine mm-hmm. sit there watching that video of Ezra and say, I trained with the Darksaber. I felt a little something. And did she go to Ahsoka because she so wanted it? I Mm. do miss not knowing how that relationship started. We learn eventually why it crumbled and that the why it crumbled is really valuable from Ahsoka's perspective of a a fear uh, that she's going to pass on the darkness she feels she inherited to Ahsoka and that Sabine will use her powers to, you know, get revenge on the galaxy for the murder of her people. That's all, that all works great is an answer for Ahsoka about how it fell apart. But I feel like how it started would help people who struggle with this, with Sabine's journey. And that could have been handled whether it was in a flashback or why not make this season about that, 
about her discovering this and having that moment obviously would change the whole arc of the of the series right now. Mm. But I, I don't know. I just felt that's why I was like, wait, what? Did I miss something? Oh, shoot. I, my visual dictionary? Like, how? What, what's going on? Like, I, I don't like not being clued in in that way. Or if it had been explained in the animated series, if that conversation had happened, then I could go back to it and be like, ah, now I see. But when I'm having to, like... <laughs> visualize it that's where i was struggling i yeah. liked how it ended up but yes who's who started it who spoke who first? started it and why and i think for me like uh, I, I guess like the the counter answer uh star wars counseling myself would be uh well whatever happened sabine wanted it so the, you know hey did Hera push her did ahsoka push her did she push herself whatever happened she clearly wanted it because she, she's pining for it in my opinion it's not just pining for Ezra when she's watching that video. It's pining for he's he's telling her how to be a Jedi. Like you have to sometimes a Jedi has to make these selfless, you know, sacrifices. And she's like, and and in the sad conversations with Hu Yang, where he's like, Well, if you want to come back, just ask. So she clearly wants to come back. So yeah. as much as I would find it richer to know the starting point, what I try to focus on, again, counseling myself, is well, the most important starting point is. Sabine wants this. She wants to be a Jedi. What does that tell us about who she is and what she wants? And does she accomplish it? And that's where I try to hook into it emotionally. No, it's keeping with things that we've we've said here for years. And I agree with you. There's enough information there that, yeah, you can deal with what's there and the why. We always ask about the why. Star Wars wants you to ask why. I think at times there's um, some of that emotional canon is missing. I, I think it, that's a why. Uh, is this the theme of this? Hey, I chose this and I've let myself down or, Hey, you chose me. And I never <laughs> believed in it to begin with. Yeah. 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 It, it's uh quote, uh, Will Smith and men, men in black, you know, Hey, you chose me. All right, sport. But, uh, <laughs> and, and, and that's a why that's not just a how it's not just who, who Yang, uh, uh, you know, sitting there and saying, here's some facts as he does at times and does in a wonderful, uh, David Tennant way. Uh, causing Carson Teva just to go, yeah, okay. Um, but <laughs> I, so, so I, what's the theme here, right? Is it I've I let myself down or I let you down? Combination of all of it, that, that those little things, signposts were missing for me at times. That's that's something I agree with, with you. But at the end of the day, we always want to say, hey, let's, so yeah. this, you're right, Sabine, whatever happened, she does kind of want to be back there. Yeah. So what, what I enjoyed about her journey was, in, in trying to tie it to her character and the why of her character, is I feel like she's the kind of character who does not like to be told that she can't, mm-hmm. that you don't have it in you to do this. Like, I think she's a kind of character, especially when she's young. If somebody's like, uh, don't climb that mountain, she's like, well, I had no interest in climbing the mountain before, but I'm going to climb the hell out of it now because yeah. I am somebody who proves that it can be done. And particularly, mm-hmm. if it can be done to help people and to help my friends, I'm going to climb that mountain better than anyone else has ever climbed it in my life. And so I think this great, I love the clarity of Hu Yang of being like, your natural talent is for bleep. (laughs) You know, the Jedi Order would not have accepted you. I love that detail for just general lore, but also for what it does for the character of Sabine. Of It is a truth that anybody who works at this can find a way to tap into it but you're really going to struggle because it sets off her. Like I'm told I can't do something. Yeah. yeah. And what I like about her personal journey is um, she needs to find the why of tapping into the force for herself. 
Yeah. Um, she knows how to train. They make a point of she knows how to train with uh, weapons. Uh, she she uh, knows how to how to fight. Uh, she's not going to be able to move a cup to move a cup. And I love that yeah. she's just like, I'm doing an exercise. She can finally tap into the force. And again, I think maybe this could have been highlighted, underlined better. But for me, what I get out of it is she can finally tap into it. She finally moves that lightsaber, finally does the big force push when she's clear on her purpose, which is Mm -hmm. to help Ezra to save and defend, to fight because you got fighting spirit, but to fight in this like do or die. It's exciting. It's to save other people. Um, so for me, that it, it's sort of like the the arc of I'm told I can't do something when I find the reason why I want to do it, then I can mm-hmm. tap into something and do it. I, re- I really love that. And, and, and Jen, curious to see if, if any of this is uh, changing your, your view on it, Eric, that, that, that it goes to the why. I think you're absolutely right. First of all, in my life, if someone tells me I can do it, that's when I have a problem and run away. <laughs> but uh, the, the why you move the cup, that's a great way to look at it, Joseph. Cool power. But why? Why do you want this power? We know why Ahsoka thought she wanted this and why she maybe put why this broke down from Ahsoka's point of view, which probably has some truth to it based on what mm. she knows, but getting to cool. You want the lightsaber. You want to be able to force push. You want all this stuff. Uh, and in the end, the why is to, in a way, let him go and go on his journey. Uh, mm-hmm. when before was to save him and find him and things that were valuable as well. I really like that kind of angle on it. Cause it's a big star Wars thing. Anyone can train that's been established. Now you have to ask yourself why that's big. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and I liked, again, the, the real clarity of the Jedi order would not have picked her up. You know, <laughs> they, they were looking for babies who are, you know, knocking over their, their playpen because they did a force push when they had gas. Mm-hmm. They're looking for mm-hmm. like, you know, babies who can't be controlled. Yeah. Yeah. I do think though, someone knows, someone knows who approached to first. I think as an actor, I would ask and be like, well, did, did I approach Ahsoka or did Ahsoka yeah, yeah, see it yeah. in me? Because that informs all of your choices as an actor from that point on, right? And so somebody knows because it's one of those things like if somebody, if somebody sees that within you but you weren't even thinking about it, you're like, oh – well, now I really want to do it. I I didn't know that. Or if like there's a, a different type of hunger, if you're like, I want this, I know I can do this. Like it's mm-hmm. just a slight variation. So I guarantee you, someone get those scripts because I bet there's what? some notes there. I almost, I don't want to. <laughs> you mean the actor script? The actor scripts to be clear. They're scribbled in notes. Yep, yep, yep. Of like, I, oh, yeah. I asked to train and I failed myself or right. I never believed yeah. I could do this. Yes. I, I, I mean, I, I don't want to get to just like, hey, what do we think? But what do we think? I, I, I kind of think there's a little bit of Sabine asks, Ahsoka says no, and Sabine says, F that. I'm, yeah, we're doing it. And then yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, that's kind of the bad. That's funny. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for me, it is is just all about that. I, I, I promised I would continue Ezra's journey, and I'm a little unclear. <laughs> he wasn't mm-hmm. super clear about what that means. Uh, so. <laughs> I think right. I want to be a Jedi, but why? Yeah. <laughs> it, spe- it speaks to, Joseph, you, you've talked about this before, so I, I don't mean to talk out of school if, if, if I am, but like where you were like, you like clarity in emails. Point one, point two, question one. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Ezra's email 
left the laughing something to me. <laughs> yes, and he can't c- complete your journey to where? Did you, did you owe Hondo money? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, uh, so much Love to explore, it. and we, we will we will talk yes. about it more. But it's some really really fascinating stuff there. Um, uh, as we wrap up our discussion about Sabine, were there any uh, favorite Sabine just moments for you, Ken, where you just enjoyed the character? It seems so simple, but we're going on this deep dive, and I'm sharing, especially at the beginning. It wasn't that I, 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 there was never one point where I was like, "Oh, this isn't my rebels." But never, never. I, I think the guy, and a lot of it was the visuals, and that's a great point, Joseph. Of just like it, it felt like it at times in a wonderful way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when there was when the armor was on, and the helmet was on, and the blasters were out, I love a lot of the Sabine mm-hmm. with the lightsaber stuff. Her and Shin, uh, fight, great stuff, great visuals. But a lot of, there was those moments where I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Sabine, man, that that's who she is, uh, uh, and and that really worked for me. And I, there's just a lot of those moments. I like a lot of the, the quieter, mo- quieter moments with, with Ezra were some of my favorite too, where I felt because it was I think by design, these two pals were back together, and it felt like the pals I used to hang out with. Yeah, this the sibling they express their love yeah. by bickering is something obviously that that audiences loved, mm-hmm. and and I was there with them. Uh, how about you, Jennifer? What uh, what moments of Sabine sparked for you? I, I really, I liked all of it, but I especially loved the first episode and, and I was tense because I'm thought, okay, how is this, how is this going to be? How, how is she going to do? And I just fell in love with Natasha Lubertizzo's performance. And it was just a small moments, right. Of getting to see her feeding her loath cat and just being in her space. And what is that like? And taking all the time to figure out that map. There was just something kind of like, um, like when I put on the lo-fi girl and, and I just watch her with the rain, like it just was like, oh yeah, I could live in this world with, with Sabine and just see what is her daily life like? Who is she? I mm-hmm. feel like it really gave so much insight into the character at that point. And it allowed for me to just, I don't know, uh, just, just, yeah, be a part of her world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I really do love that hoverbike info intro. I know I mention it all the time. I think it's just kind of a combination of um, it, it's a burst of energy. Yes. Um, I think it, the 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 kinder music throughout is uh, phenomenal. But that's one of those moments of like ever since the the rock beat in the uh, the wall climbing scene in the Clone Wars movie when they're climbing the monastery on Teth. There's mm-hmm. the like weird rock music that back in 2009 is like what is this? Uh, ever since then kinder music has been playing with different different sounds in star wars and that mm-hmm. music is so aggressive there and it just sounds so much like sabine mm-hmm. of, it is the kind of punky coolie like yeah I, I skipped out on this ceremony but it tells us so much about her like i don't feel like being lauded as a hero because i do not feel like a hero today mm-hmm. it, but also just the cool scooting under the like yeah no you can't you can't stop me and mm-hmm. and the, the, the other fighters being like ah yeah, we really can't contain her. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it's a great I, introduction to the character, particularly if you've never seen her. Mm-hmm. I, I really like one of the things you just said there, Joseph, about that scene. That I know we're trying to move move on, but I, it, it was on the surface exactly what it, you know, hey, she's skirting her duties and responsibilities. But I, I like that there's a little bit of what you, what you said. I don't feel like I'm that person right now. That's mm-hmm. what's going on. I think that's a powerful start to her character. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, on, but on the surface, it looks like I'm having fun. I'm, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's my not nose just like authority. Yeah, right. punk rock. It, 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 it plays like that, and the music's wonderful. I agree with you. Yeah. The whole sequence is great. But yeah, I, yeah, I like all, all sorts of other great moments. So one other one that I wanted to mention is I do love the fake force push to Shin. 
Oh, where, yeah. You know, Sabine's yes. not feeling it yet, but <laughs> she convinces <laughs> Shin, like, she's going to force push me. And then, no, yeah. a Mando trick. Right. Yeah. Yep. Really great stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, final thought for me is um, I would have taken, I would have loved to see her more actively engaging <laughs> in art because that's such a big part of her yeah. her character. We saw art that she had previously made. I thought that was a great way to establish that this used to be her home. This used to be her bunk here, all her doodles on Ahsoka's uh, mm-hmm. Jedi ship. Um, Hera convinces Ahsoka to bring her the puzzle because it is her understanding of art and art history that's going to let her see it in a different way. So it mm-hmm. is there, but there's a part of me that's like, I'm so connected to uh, Sabine as an artist. You know, I would have loved to just see her tag the hell out of something you know yeah. when she's feeling her yeah. own yeah mm. i like that or even like talking having a, the moment with ahsoka and and having this heart to heart and just not really like just being distracted a little bit or a little bit more um with her guard up by drawing right mm-hmm. listening but it, i don't know it just could give her something to do and um i don't know also yeah. showing us this character this yeah. character uh, I have my Sabine action figure. That it's a deluxe that comes with the Loath Cat, which is in the package with no uh, plastic window. So I have to open it. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to opening it uh, after recording in celebration. Any final Ahsoka thoughts uh, or uh, Sabine thoughts before we take a break? No, no, no. Mm-mm. All right. Then I think we're on to our recommendation, Ken. That's right. We have a Force Center recommends. This is an audio b- book we think you should try, especially if you're homesick from school. All right. That's what we think as well. Uh, we are recommending Ahsoka by E.K. Johnston. What a great time to revisit that book and all the lessons that Ahsoka's learning uh, in that book. We love it around here. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Force Center for your free audio book. All right. Quick break. On the other side, we dive into more Rebels characters in live action. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back. We had a check in the timer, a very robust discussion about Sabine. And we I don't even think we're done with a lot of things around that character. But Joseph, there are more characters to explore. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if, like Sabine, we can hit the gas on the hover bike. Uh, don't want to, uh, you know, skip these characters and not give them their due. But I, I do think Sabine is... She's the most major character, biggest yeah, art, yeah, yeah. in my opinion. But let's talk Hera, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, Jennifer, how did you feel about Hera's leap to live action? Did you feel like Hera? I felt like Mary Elizabeth Winstead was the closest to the, the animated character for me. I think it was a combination of her voice, her look. And just, I just, I love her just as an actor. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what she brings. And she brought it. And I, I and I just, I don't, I, yeah, pretty amazing. Because um, you'd never want it to be an imitation or an impression, right? But I thought that mm-hmm. she really nailed it. Yeah, I really agree. I think uh, it, I had no bumps on who this character was, uh, voice, uh, look, e- even adjusting to the like, oh, I'm spending a lot of quality time with the Twilight as a main character. It is It's, that that's a lot of makeup and headtails and <laughs> contacts, you know. Um, and I think she totally connected. I think obviously she's gone through changes, and we're going to talk about them, but not as significant. Um, thirty to thirty-five or thirty to thirty-eight is not as big of a change as eighteen to thirty, or you know, whatever. My math is off, but you 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 mm-hmm. both know what I mean. Um, yes, yeah. people and adults for uh, an upsettingly long time. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I think there is that. I think it's also like. We're seeing her in familiar roles. We're seeing her as a leader, a pilot, uh, a maternal presence. And uh, for those of us who spend time with books or video games, it's not just Rebels Hera. We've spent a lot of time with this Hera, who's 
not leading the ghost crew, you know? Ezra and Kanan and Sabine are gone. She, We've spent a lot of time in books and video games overall with General Syndulla. So I think that made the leap easier for me as, as well. Because I also felt like I'm seeing, oh, I'm seeing that book video game character in live action. Ken, how do you feel about Hera? I think that's a great point. I, I, I think uh, it definitely was Hera for me. And this is proof to myself that this was an Ahsoka show with maybe Sabine uh, right there on the, on the top uh, ledger with her. Because there were times that I wanted more Hera, not the Hera I felt I knew, but just kind of like I wanted her, and she, we had a lot of time, right? And we had a lot of scenes, with her, but there was times where I was just like, I almost want to follow her around the chambers of the New Republic yelling at people. <laughs> like like there, there's an important thing going on with this. So, so it wasn't that the character was not the character from Rebels. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I think uh, did a pretty good job of that. It, it was just like I'm ready. I'm ready. Maybe I'm ready for Rebels 2.0 now. Maybe I want more time with her. Because I, th- I think this takes some points, Joseph. We've seen her video games. She's talked at you in a video game and sent you on a mission. We we got to spend time with her in Alphabet Squadron and all that stuff. And so it's like, uh, uh, and, and, and her and Jason. And also there were some great moments. It was there. But I wanted more. So that's a testament to, hey, they, they did a good job with it. I just felt almost shortchanged because it was the Ahsoka series, which sounds like an insult. It's not. I was enjoying what was going on. But every Harris scene, I wanted more. I wanted more of what was going on. Yeah, I, I really, really agree with that. I think it, it was uh, it, it was the thing that, yep, it is a Ahsoka show, and Sabine has a, an emotional arc, and Hera's going through stuff, which we're going to talk about. But you know, I almost wanted, like, and now where's the Hera episode of the show? Because I just want to spend more time with her. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about some of the different roles uh, in, in the Rebels animated series. Uh, Hera, I think, uh, fills a, a mother role, a maternal role. She is uh, really explicitly there for everyone else's physical and emotional needs. That was one of the things I was most struck by on my rewatch about a year ago, how much she keeps track of what different people need, what they're willing to talk about and when and not. And kind of keeps it like everybody like, leave, leave Ezra alone right now. He's feeling this. Uh, Kanan yeah. Sabine's not willing to talk about that. Like uh, she's keeping track of what everybody needs. Uh, as well as having her own internal journey. Uh, Hera and Kanan often refer to Sabine and Ezra as the kids. Uh, in Ahsoka, <laughs> we got to see her as the uh, biological parent of Jason, but in my opinion, still filling a, a maternal role for many characters. Uh, Jennifer, how did you see Hera's mother role in Ahsoka? I thought it was really well done because it never felt over the top or telegraphed, like this is the mama bear of the crew, right? Like it felt very organic, um, and I actually felt a little bit more, more, well, cause it's animated. So it's going to be different. Sorry if you guys can hear my daughter. She keeps coughing. No, it's fine. I am, no. I am my no mother apologies role. needed. Well, we talk <laughs> about mothers. We do not want to hear any children. <laughs> that was also a great moment actually in this series was seeing her having this really mm-hmm. tough conversation with the senators. Right. And, and with all of them mm-hmm. kind of arguing and then having to go right into being a mom to Jason and like mm. shifting her tone and she can't take it out on her kid and it's not his fault, right? Mm. And so it's just like, I I mm. liked seeing that, that duality. And even the moment where he's like, mom, mom. And she's like, hold on, hold on. I'm having a conversation where he's listening to the the lightsabers um, in the ocean, mm. right? Just yeah. so many great little details like that. And Mary Elizabeth mindset in real life is a mother. And I really felt not that you have to be, right? She's an actor, but there is something that just like it just gets in your in your uh in your bones when you mm. become a parent. <laughs> it just makes it a little bit easier to act it because no, you've I been mean, there. She sounded exactly like friends who've you know, who are newer parents and have been like invited uh, oh. <laughs> uh Sarah and I out to dinner and be like yeah. and I just want to be like, it's okay. 
<laughs> I know you just, you can't, you, because it's the, yeah, 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 uh huh, uh huh, yeah, 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 to the kid. Right. <laughs> and then, yeah, it was yeah. perfect. It was yeah. their conversation with Carson. And then finally was a good listener mm-hmm. uh, to, to Jason. Uh, Ken, how did you feel about her maternal role, both biological and just sort of, uh, uh, not even symbolically, of, uh, I don't know, yeah. uh, just a general maternal presence for anybody who needs that kind of support, gentle yeah. push in the right direction? Yeah, I, I think it was there, and and that's one of the, uh, you know, all the animated uh, characters and, and, and the voice actors behind them set such a high bar, and, and Vanessa Marshall absolutely mm-hmm. set a high bar, especially as you spend more time with Hera. Man, it, it, it's a wonderful character, and um, I think one of the things that translated really well was uh, what you're describing, what you're both describing to me, is this just sense of responsibility, care and concern, yes, but a responsibility for everyone here. So that even, you know, hey, your buddies are fighting, you know, Ahsoka and, and Sabine are, are fighting. Um, you might have not might not have had anything to do with it. Again, we don't know that specific why, but Hera's going to take some responsibility for it, and she feels as though she needs to help them. And the the Ezra thing—that's her big thing, right? And 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 uh, uh, Kaz's dad uh, makes sure to point that out about what are you doing this for? What's your why? Is what he was saying officially mm-hmm. <laughs> in the government. I don't trust your why, and that was. Um, I think a great point, maybe why I think I felt sometimes I wanted more Hera of her analyzing like, yeah, okay, that's, that's fair. That's fair. But I feel responsible. And, and that that showed up naturally and clearly the stuff with Jason we talk about in a bit was there uh, to just drive it home. But it it was right. It was not overbearing. It wasn't sitcom like I'm the mom around here. It just was real and felt. And I enjoyed that. Yeah. And, and I'm certainly open to having a different word for it than maternal. I think I just really picked up yeah. on all those cues in Rebels. But I think she is almost like um, the 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 adult in the room, too, is a different way to say it, of that everybody feels that mm-hmm. she, they're not going to get judged. They're going to get nudged in the direction they should probably go if they go to this person uh, for yeah. advice. And I think I really like seeing that, uh, you know, just the, it's just like the tone of just like the we've already had this conversation uh, of, you know, telling Ahsoka, like, yeah. you know who you should bring this to, you know, it's not a new idea. Um, all that yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah. I, I think I liked how much she was just like aware of Ahsoka's pain and not, but not entirely understanding why. Like, I love that moment where she's just trying to kind of be f- fun and conversational. Cause they're done with their business meeting when she's on the hollow. And I think like episode two or three and, uh, and, and Hera says to Ahsoka something along the lines of like, well, I'm sure you were a problem for your master too. And then Ahsoka gets real dark and you, there's that look on Hera's face. It's like, oh, damn, what did I step in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, a great moment. Uh, and then for Jason, I was really thrilled with, I didn't expect to see her as someone who had become consumed with fear. Mm-hmm. But I did like this, the, the, hey, uh, your father died being a hero to save everybody. Um, mm. Your your uh, <laughs> your stepbrother in spirit, Ezra, disappeared from our lives, mm-hmm. saving everybody. There mm-hmm. are no Jedi left, and I've watched them hunted my entire life. Not super anxious for you to pick up a lightsaber, kid. Like I really liked that, um, and, and maybe I'm reading things into it, but I really liked that she was. Mm protective he was clearly interested he wasn't starting to train anytime soon there's a very funny conversation mm-hmm. with hu yang of like 
you get to see a Jedi starship. Like, can you teach? Do you know how to build lightsabers? Yes. Can you teach me? No. Um, yeah. So I just really, I really thought it was this great balance of it isn't fear, it's protectiveness, and this is not the right time. Uh, Jen, how did you read her relationship with Jason, and in particularly the Jedi question? I, I loved it because she handled it so well, right? She didn't totally like shoot him down and be like, no, you're never doing that. You, I don't want you to end up like your father, right? It wasn't yeah. like that. It was just like, <laughs> you're okay. not getting into podcasting. <laughs> right. right. It was just like, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. You're allowed to express these feelings. But as I, in my head, I know it ain't happening, kid. Right. And it's just like giving him that, that same space and, uh, and that look of, yeah, look of fear of just knowing like, oh, shoot. And then when he actually does have these great abilities, it's just like, oh, no, you know. Yeah. She clearly uh, takes them seriously yeah. and she's clearly not trying to get him to deny them. Yes. It's yeah. just like we're not we're not jumping into this training thing quite yet. Yeah. Funny yeah. thing, Meg Ryan shared this story when she saw her son Jack Quaid in a in a theater production, I don't know, in high school or something, and her ex-husband Dennis was in, in the audience as well. And they and she said that his performance was so good she had her hand hand uh, in her head, her head in her hands, and she was like, and she looked over and Dennis was the same way because they knew. They didn't want their kid to go into acting, but he was damn talented. They knew his future. That's Jason. Yep. That's good. Yep. Jason's a Nepo Jedi. There's nothing <laughs> nothing to be done about it. Nothing right. to be done. Oh, no. Yep. Yep. It's going to happen. His entire family now is all. Uh, so other elements of uh, Hera's character was obviously on display. She's also an ace pilot, a, a war veteran from an embattled world, a military general, and just a, a leader in, in general. Uh, Ken, did you have any favorite moments highlighting those other roles, those other parts of Hera? I just uh, liked taking all those roles into what she is now, like you said earlier, a, a general. She's got to take those meetings. And that's that's part of a transition in life, too, talking about the new normal. She's already kind of been through it, but, like, you're not you're not just all those things by yourself. You don't get to just run out. And if you do run out, there could be consequences. It's a, it's, mm-hmm. it's the responsibility of leadership. It's the responsibility of supervision. And so I liked kind of uh, her telling her, her, her co-pilots there, the Mon Calamari and the other officer, just got – they're kind of middle management, right? And she's like, no, nah, I got to go take this meeting. <laughs> I liked a lot of those things. It was it was Hera where she is right now. And then she has the moments where kind of like, hey, I'm going to go do what I'm going to do. When we got this, we got Leia in our corner, 3PO's uh, doing us a solid, and that, that's Hera as well. Yeah. I, I really like seeing like the one good, you know, piloting moment when they're trying to uh, catch yeah. up with the ship in, in part two and put the mm-hmm. tracker on it. Um, I would have loved to see Hera ace pilot just a little bit more. Um, but that's not necessarily where she is in life right now. So what yeah. I, the moments I did love is like, yeah, she's a, a leader and she's working within this system. And she breaks the rules, there are consequences, as you're saying, Ken. But I, it, she, it's just fun to know that this is a character who's like really level-headed and can absolutely mm-hmm. function in a bureaucracy, but is also mm-hmm. a born revolutionary street fighter. Yeah. Um, and I love those moments where, general bumps up with street fighter where like Mm -hmm. some of the other bureaucrats you're talking to do not have that background. And I love when that, like she flares to life in those moments for me, like when she's getting the pushback from uh, the people who are, are, you know, Imperial uh, sympathizers Mm -hmm. working with Morgan Elspeth. And like, uh, I can't remember the exact line, but like classified from a general, like that, that level of, Oh no. 
Uh, and when she slips in the meeting with Ziona and, and just says, yeah. were you in the war? It's like there's this yeah. battle between who she is of like, I can be a bureaucrat, but I am also, I want to slip mm-hmm. a knife between your ribs because that's the way I was raised. And that yeah. and you could, <laughs> I can fight. You want to fight? Let's go. Let's fight. You let's know, do, let's do it. And that yeah. were you in the war was so about like, do you have, are you just a bureaucrat? Are you a, you know, not a paper pusher because it's Star Wars, a data pad pusher? Yeah. Or can you get, can you, can you yeah. back it up like I can? Yeah. 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 That's very real. It's very yeah. real. It's very real. Uh, yeah. I mean, can you have that sometimes since you have that background in security and. Well, it's just my, my, one of my, my, uh, I'm already talking think about my, my old boss, he, um, uh, retired LAPD and he had been, he got to the rank of Lieutenant and then he was still out in the field and in pursuits and arresting people. And they, his, they captains and, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, chiefs and what would, would be like, Mike, you've, you've got to stay at your desk. That's the job now, and he and he and he and he ended up retiring early because they're just back because he just couldn't stop, and so mm. it's just reality. And he had a lot of the because there's tracks you can get on, and I'm not from military, but you know it's like, are you an officer? Or are you an enlisted man? And it's like sometimes you can look at the officers and be like, you haven't been out there like I have, and that that's mm. a very real thing that Hera would have and carries with it. That's that is one of those moments that, that I really enjoyed where I think Hera showed up. Like, what the hell have you done, Senator? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. yeah, do you know how bad another war would be? Personally, do you? Yeah. No. Uh, Jennifer, any other uh, moments of Hera highlighting all, all those different roles that she has? I love that she did it so seamlessly and that she she made moms look good. Because a lot of times the way that mothers are portrayed is like very harried, which I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, she she had it together and she was able mm-hmm. to to be a mom and also be in battle and do what she needed to do. Um, and also explain to Jason, you know, sometimes you, you uh, when you're a general like me, you don't have to follow the rules. Kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just yeah. loved it. She just handled everything so much like a badass. Uh, she, yeah. she, I aspire to be just like her. Yeah, uh, absolutely powerful. Um, so, uh, I went on a little bit about, uh, about Jason and all that, but, uh, how much Jason, anxiety do you guys have uh, about his future <laughs> will he be trained i mean we're on this constant loop now in star wars of like what yeah. a great wonderful innocent young jedi uh who will it be slaughtered by vader kylo ren <laughs> marky and roe who's gonna who's yeah. gonna slaughter nibs uh nubs yeah. <laughs> uh you know um so yeah. do you find yourself thinking how he will evade doom in a bleak future for jedi uh during the sequel trilogy era ken no, I, I, it hangs over. Yeah, it hangs over. But I, I think Ahsoka is a great character to look at and be like, hey, what you thought, what we might have, have been, been believing was going to happen, her being slaughtered in Order, Order 66, that, that didn't happen. Uh, they found a way to, to change that story up. Uh, so I, I, I hold on to that hope. I'll, I'll say this. I was surprised. And this even goes back to when we first, uh, we being the Star Wars community, thought we saw the head of Jason in the in the ghost uh, a cockpit there mm. of uh, I was surprised Jason was in the series and they had that, that this much of Jason was there. Um, why? I just, I just thought maybe like we just, I don't know. We don't know what to do with that character. We don't know the ending. <laughs> we'll get to it. There's a lot there, but it, it's such a part of Hera that it, it was, it was for me again, other people might not have been surprised. Maybe you two weren't surprised, but for me, I was like, this is who she is and who she is in this time. And I just felt in the, some of those books and comics Jason was on at summer camp and we just never saw him (laughs) and and they didn't deal with it. 
He was not spoken of. Yeah. So I was, I really, you know, when they did finally like uh, announce the casting and that he was going to be in it, I really had to like, this might be one scene to acknowledge he's real. You didn't, right. you didn't imagine right. him. It wasn't a fever dream at the end of Rebels. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't expect him to be in it quite this much. And I was really uh, delighted with it. And I do just feel like, um, again, one of the great things of Ahsoka is this whole idea of introducing another galaxy and not like, it's just like, Hey, any Jedi you want to live, throw them in another galaxy. But it's mm-hmm. more the, like, remember there's many, many paths, you know, right. so I can imagine a story for Jason where maybe he does train with Luke for a while at his school, but you know, mm-hmm. his, his father's great lesson to Ezra was find where you're most needed. So maybe right. Jason is alive and well during the sequel era, but it's like the galactic battle isn't where I'm needed. I'm needed on this planet doing this thing, mm-hmm. you know, and he, maybe he's flying in the ghost in Rise of Skywalker. We don't know. Uh, Jennifer, what are your Jason anxieties or hopes? I was also surprised by how, have, I don't want to say heavily, but he was featured a lot, a lot more than I thought. I thought that it would just be a quick key, moment. Yeah. Um, but no, he had several scenes and a crucial, crucial moment with uh, the ocean. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do wonder why, why did they have him so heavily featured? Is it because they want to draw on younger audiences? Is it for story? Is it being teased that something's going to happen in season two or with another property? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know if he's going to be totally trained. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think a lot of the Ahsoka show was, you know, putting just uh, pieces on a board and, and moving them around so that they can be used in in future storytelling that may or may not happen. Um, Mm -hmm. All right, let's, uh, let's talk Ezra. Uh, How was his leap to live action for you, Ken? Well, this is a force center disagrees moment, Jen. You said Hera was your favorite in terms of uh, the, the jump. This was the best one for me. Hands down. Well, let's debate. No, uh, but for me, I loved Ezra. I love the performance. I love the energy. And again, I've confessed that maybe the show was a little too dour for me at times. And when he shows up, it's this casual, hey, I've been out here all along just waiting for you. How are you? And there was an energy. There was a humor that I feel, not that I was missing. I just needed at that time. Uh, I felt uh, they all, all the characters, uh, all, all the performers, I think, look good. I, I don't think they look drastically different or anything than their animated characters. But he, he, to me, was the most pinpoint accurate. And yeah, I know he had those wonderful contacts in. Um, but it just worked for me. I, I really was won over right away. Yeah. Jennifer, how about you? I loved him. I, I, <laughs> I yeah, I mean, okay, all right. I, Hera was one of my favorites, but so, but so was Ezra. I just thought. <laughs> Don't back off of it. Don't back <laughs> off of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Iman Isfandi was so good. And it's one of those things so where good. it's like every time he was it's on so screen, good. I just had a smile on my face because I'm like, oh, this, this guy, this guy. It's just fun to watch. Um, and I just felt like it was a great, it was a great leap from animation to live action. And I mean, that's, that's tough because he was so likable in the animated series and mm-hmm. he was just as likable in the live action. So bravo. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the note I made on my uh, sheet here was flawless. Um, I think that there was a power in uh, that we've talked about with with Sabine in in Hera, where we saw so much of who the characters were. But for all of them, there, there was an element of like pining for a little bit of like a- almost the story to give them room to to more fully express themselves for for Sabine to really let go um, and and maybe for Hera to be in that that cockpit or uh, <laughs> just. <laughs> 
beats Yona's ass behind a bar. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of an exaggeration. Um, Ezra was just so full of life and just he 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 was a full expression of of Ezra. Well, also being um, at a different point in his life. Um, that mm-hmm. is great to see him grown up 30, having been through a lot and not having any of his enthusiasm dampened. I think um, we can talk about pacing or tone, but e- even just from the perspective of uh, Ahsoka and Sabine and Hera are all struggling. They're going through a lot. It's a hard time. And we get to meet Ezra on the happiest day he's had in like eight years. <laughs> And he's just like, that's great. (laughs) Hell hell yeah. Let's go. You know, after all these years, I knew it. I knew it. You know, and he's got his little uh, noty buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But it it is also just the performance for Iman Esfandi. It just uh, energy, enthusiasm, capturing Ezra's make it up as we go attitude of I've got half a plan and that's enough. It's fine. I'm just happy Mm -hmm. to be alive. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was absolutely the Ezra I knew from animation, but he also did feel older, calmer, centered, not questioning his abilities, not questioning his relationship to the force, um, mm-hmm. acknowledging like, yeah, I probably went through some real, real rough stuff, but I'm not focused on it right now. A great mm-hmm. expression of Ezra. And then Ken, to, to your point, I, I know I mentioned this uh, another time, but I think it's, it's really important. I think uh, because we've been telling stories about characters with lots of trauma in the the star wars animated shows uh, with uh kenobi or uh mm-hmm. boba fett e- even din Djarin is you know he's a tight-lipped character he's a taciturn yeah. character um yeah. that we haven't had this han solo obi-wan in the prequels finn mm-hmm. and poe level of just a guy happy to be on an adventure exploding with charm because we've been busy with characters who are going through horror. So I think it was it just felt like this jolt of like, that's Star Wars. Mm. That's that kind of mm-hmm. going back to OT Han Solo vibe coming from yeah. this character. Cause that's, cause it was appropriate. Cause it's where he was in this moment. Yeah. We were finding him. I agree with that. I, I like that. That there was a vibe. And again, it's all personal interpretation, maybe personal needs as you as an audience member at that point. And I, I needed Ezra just as much as all the other characters in the show show up. This party's a little quiet. This place is dead anyways. And then Ezra shows up and turns up the music. Yeah, no, the, the DJ arrived at the party <laughs> and dropped some beats is, is great. Uh, so we get a brief picture of his life in exile with the Nodi. Uh, what did you get from just this brief picture about, um, how Ezra might have changed or who is he as a character? What did, what did you, what kind of gaps did you fill in Ken thinking about where he is now with based on how we found him? My Nodi, my Nodi and me. Uh, I, I love this. Uh, There's a point uh, when they're on um, Peridia, right? Peridia uh, where I think Shin and Balin and Sabine and, and you know, that thing and they're sending, letting Sabine go out and, and hunt for Ezra. And there's this kind of, I forget the exact line, but there's like, there's raiders, marauders, and they kill and they destroy and they take from everyone. And that's kind of this landscape that Sabine's going out to. And, and when she finds Ezra uh, with this uh, group of, of uh, you know, Nodi that they don't have weapons, they have defense, and he's doing good and he's connected with them. He's broken the cycle. That, sh- that shows a lot about him. That's how he survived. He didn't survive by going out and destroying. He didn't join in the marauders. He didn't kill the marauders. I'm sure he's fought and maybe destroyed some, but you know what I mean. 
Mm-hmm. He's formed this community. He's done it out of protecting those around you. It's that big Star Wars theme. We go back to, we just celebrated an anniversary with Last Jedi. I saw my Facebook memories. Uh, that protect <laughs> and fight for what you love thing is big. And that's what I learned from him. And that's what I imagine he was, he brought into it. Where he, whatever, I, again, whatever happens when that, when that Star Destroyer gets there and he goes one way and Thrawn goes the other way, like R2 and 3PO and New Hope, uh, I, I think he, he shows up with those skills. He shows up. And, and you mentioned, but there's such a piece in him. Doesn't mean he didn't have long nights. Doesn't mean he, did, he didn't get angry, didn't doubt it. But we discover him. I want you to say so wonderfully, he's the happiest day of his life in a long time. Uh, but he he knows his purpose. And what does he do right away? I'm going home, which we all took as this like, oh, no, he ain't going to make it. But no, it was, I'm going home. This part of my chapter, this part or this part of my life, this chapter is ended and I'm ready for the next one. That's a that, That's all I need to know about Ezra right there when we first meet him and what he's talking about. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that episode where we get to see both him and Thrawn is a great light side, dark side essay that, mm-hmm. that, you know, ravaged ship with the cultish stormtroopers yeah. chanting Thrawn's name, making it all about who has the most power. Mm-hmm. And literally that symbol of domination with that, that ship, you know, coming over and enclosing everything yeah. <laughs> versus yeah. Ezra be like, we're hanging out in a field with friends that we've made is <laughs> so great. Um, but for him as a character, I feel like one of the great parts of his arc in Rebels is he goes through his moments of of darkness and doubt and, and all those things. But he just really sees the value in everyone. He sees mm-hmm. that maybe there's more to Hondo. He gives Maul a chance. I think he kind of sees Maul's loneliness. Uh, he connects with the Lothal mm-hmm. people. He connects with the Purgle. And even Kanan's like, just leave the weird space whales alone. Uh mm-hmm. He is somebody who sees value in connection. And I just, it, it works on a plot way, the rebel, rebel symbols. But I just mm-hmm. love it as a character thing of him not going somewhere, not just making an alliance, but yeah. making a family and saying, mm-hmm. we're all in this together. This, is, this symbol means we're in this together for one another. So yeah, it just shows a character who, learned all his lessons and whatever mm-hmm. hell he went through on Pridia or escaping Thrawn, um, they didn't lead him back to the darkness. Yeah. He leaned yeah. back on all the lessons we saw him learn in Rebels. Lovely. Jennifer, Lovely. how did you feel about uh, who he has become based on what we saw? I like that you say that it, it wasn't an, just an alliance. It was family. He's not using them. And he certainly is not, you know, what some people might do, which is go be a lone wolf, right? And go mm-hmm. go try and just uh, survive on their own. He is resourceful and he is charming and likable and he's good at getting along with everyone from creatures to, to people, right? And I think that it's just – I was inspired by his unwavering positivity. I was like, gosh, this guy could be really down. <laughs> he's not. Yeah. He's just like, yeah. here we are. Living life, yeah. right? So Yeah. They even kind of set up the possibility, the tension. I remember people talking about it in between episodes of, is he going to be upset? Is he going to be concerned mm. that Sabine undermined his sacrifice by possibly leading uh, mm. Thrawn back? And and I would have taken a little bit more of an, uh, a direct interaction between them. But what I take away from it is like, no, I understand. You did what you yeah. had to do, you know? So even that doesn't seem to upset him, even though, you know, some of the discussion in between episodes was, oh, is he going to be <laughs> uh, yeah. real upset about that? Nope. 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 Um, nope. Ken, any any favorite uh, Ezra moments? Uh, 
Uh, I, other than we first meet him, just how they're fighting, uh, they're choosing at one point to, to not fight with the lightsaber, right? Even when offered by Sabine, uh, was, uh, you know, this is a series that does ask that big question of what does it mean to be a Jedi? And it shows up a lot of times, uh, uh through him and he does end up, you know, um, building, uh, retinkering, I guess you could say, uh, a lightsaber, uh, later on. So it, it, it's, uh. It's it's that's a natural flow of it, but I, I like those moments where it's it's just it really felt like Ezra, and you learn a lot about a character when they're fighting, right? That's that's yeah. the goal when you're writing it. The fight should expose something about them, and we learned again, confirm maybe even where he was. Yeah, Jen, any any favorite Ezra moments? I think just the moment that we first see him is just one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, we've been waiting for this moment. And it was, and obviously if you've watched Rebels, like it has that extra weight to it. But I think he just had uh, uh, such great chemistry with Natasha Lubertizzo. They really felt like old friends. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you, you can't, you can be a great actor, but there was just something natural where it was just, it really felt like that, you know, sibling, that sibling love for each other. Yeah, no, he, he, phenomenal actor that that uh, hey, Hera, you know, I'm home really got to me emotionally. He played that so well mm-hmm. um, there. Yeah, there, I, I loved his his cool force moves and, and clearly having like I've used learned to use this very, mm-hmm. you know, defensively, offensively of just just the force. Um, mm-hmm. I do think he's got a little bit of that. Like uh, I go in with half a plan and lots of confidence and then sometimes eh, it falls apart. There's just a great kind of classic uh, Han Solo hard luck hero that things mm-hmm. 90% work out for him. Um, yeah. And I, I do like that he makes a big proclamation that he doesn't need a blaster and then picks one up. I, I wouldn't have minded that being a little bit more of a made a clear joke. Um, yeah, yeah. But one of my favorite moments in all of Ahsoka, because it's new, I haven't seen it before, and it was a very funny Ezra moment, is when he starts out pretty pretty confident and he's doing well, then he needs to use the blaster, and then Shin cutting his hair was so great. I've never mm-hmm. seen that, you know, in a lightsaber moment. Um, yeah, yeah. And him being really like, you almost got me. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was so charming and such yeah. a great action, action and comedy beat all in one and character mm-hmm. beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, we are going to head toward wrapping up. Uh, we're going to talk briefly here about Chopper. We didn't get a ton of Chopper time, but Ken, what did you enjoy about Chopper's appearance? Well, this actually is the answer for what is the most accurate jump from animation to, to, to live <laughs> action, though I know Chopper's appeared. To, I, I remember Rogue One. I remember Easter eggs. Uh, I loved it. Uh, it, it was. I saw this tweeted out a lot, uh, excuse me, posted out uh, when the show was first airing that Chopper was a little more clear. Like you could actually hear more of his words. Mm. Whether true or not, it definitely had that effect on me once I saw that post. So yeah, I I, I kind of liked that though. It was a it was a, a fun uh you know live action change where now you actually hear some of the swear words. And one of my favorite moments was when Jason's talking to Hera, but you you're on Hera, and then you hear Jason kind of talk to chopper off mike like well she says i just that's so chopper that he's like kind of like hey, 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 ask her this ask her this <laughs> yeah no that is a great moment uh jen what did you think of chopper i thought it was great and i like that they they used it the right amount of chopper that we needed just the right amount of sass and, and kind of silliness right mm-hmm, i thought mm-hmm. at first i thought well we're we need more chopper no we don't we we had just the right amount and i i thought it was fun yeah, yeah. The, I agree with that. I agree with that. I like seeing his little closet on the ghost where he has a, a junk drawer that yeah. just yeah. made sense to me of a chaotic character with a junk drawer and that that did yeah. you move 
<laughs> my tracking device. Like, no, I didn't go into your weird little junk drawer. Um, first, first of all, Joseph, stop looking at my studio. Number one. <laughs> and did you uh, remove my LED my... remote? <laughs> Oh, that's where my ruler and uh, expired credit cards are. Good to know. Oh, and my jury summons. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, I, I I did also like the moment where Ziono uh, calls 3PO a mere droid and it feels like Chopper's going to fire his rocket. Oh, and yeah. Carson Tava holds him back. That was, that was good. That was good. <laughs> And the amount of people tweeting out the Michael Jordan, and I took that personally, meme is perfect for that. <laughs> there's some great chopper memes in the community. Yeah. They really, really were. Yeah. Um, there's uh, obviously some other fun Rebel stuff. We got to see Clancy Brown uh, play Ryder Azadi in live action. Uh, we saw a, a social media comedy sensation, Vinnie Thomas, uh, playing the character Jai Kel. Lots of live action. Uh, Loth Cat. Uh, many people were concerned that Sabine had abandoned the Loth Cat and there would be no one there to feed it. Uh, Filoni uh, released comment saying, no, it was a wild loath cat and it's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry, Don't worry about, about, it. about it. It can get down. It knows how to work the elevators. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's a smart cat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, we're going a little bit long here, but uh, Ken, any thoughts on those other small moments? Uh, love it. I love those kind of connections because they're not dominating the show. You know, this isn't a, a star. A star Wars is just about Star Wars moment. These are mm-hmm. things that would be there and they make sense. The Loth Cat, I thought, was great. And we all have those questions in our house. We were, we were very concerned about who's going to feed it. But I guess I'll take that answer. Uh, specifically, uh, I want to point out um, uh, Clancy Brown is writer's Audi. When that f- as, as the camera's like panning in and you hear him, I, I actually had a kind of a, ha, yeah, that's great. Of course. And that was uh, something I enjoyed. And I would see more of him. He's a great character. He, Ryder Zod is a great character. I, I, there's a lot to mine with that character if you want. So, hey, bring he, him back. He needs to become a main character just because that's really one does. of the coolest Star Wars names. Come on, Ryder <laughs> Zod. Like, yeah, yeah. I just, I love yeah. the, the Clancy Brown's long and, and twisted history with the Star Wars characters he's played. So, yeah. that yeah. was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, for me, the the, the Lothcat, the, I love that it was, um, I, I think, mostly an animatronic and seamless yeah. and, and fun and, and really uh, uh, expressive of where Sabine was at. Jennifer, yeah. anything uh, uh, for you for these other little rebel appearances? Always love Clancy Brown. Love Vinnie Thomas. I got so excited because I'm always a fan of his comedic videos. The Loath Cat was the star for me. There's a moment uh, that the Loath Cat like, kind of wakes up and is stretching and its little body kind of shakes just like a cat. And I just felt like I, I want that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Any final thoughts on live action Rebels? Obviously, particularly some of the big things, Sabine's arc, how the Force is used, uh, Ezra's future. We'll we'll be talking about all these things much more in the future. But any big picture thoughts on the live action debut of so many characters from Rebels? Ken? I Look, they're is understandably going to be some concern when a show is so loved, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and started there. It isn't like Clone Wars where we had to adjust to the animated versions of Anakin and Obi-Wan or something, mm-hmm. no, no matter what version of the Clone Wars you're watching. Uh, it, I, I understood some of the trepidation because I had it too. I said, I, like I said, I, I, a couple times over the last few years was like, I just, I'd love to get a new series and finish in animation, not just because of how it looks, but because of those performers. 
and and the Ashley Ecksteins and the Tia Sikars and, and 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 Vanessa Marshalls and everyone being able to 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 adapt and grow and mature with those characters as well and take them places. That's that's something I think I'll, I I will miss until maybe they do get a chance to do it. I'm mean, Tales of the Jedi has offered an opportunity for Ashley mm. to come back and explore the character at different times in her life. So there's that stuff there that could still happen. But all that kind of uh, fear. It's important to let it go. And I think once you get through it, I, I'm happy where we're at with it. Little things here along the way I do have with a series uh, in, in terms of com- complaints or questions or anything. We can get to those some other time. But at the end of the day, I, 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 this is where we are. And I like where we are with these characters. Yeah. I think I want more of all the characters because I like them. And, and Sabine got to have a full character arc and end up in a, mm-hmm. in a different place. And, and I would love to be able to dig deeper on Hera and Ezra and maybe even Chopper uh, and, and get Zeb back in the fold. But I think what I felt ultimately was this was Ahsoka's show, but it was also Rebels 2.0 in that it was resolving a plot thread mm-hmm. explicitly introduced in Rebels. Yeah. But I'm not pining for a rebel show because I think in one of the grand lessons of Star Wars, that's not where they are in life. These characters mm-hmm. aren't ever going to be together again in that same way they were when it was that family, that time of the galaxy. And so this was kind of Rebels 2.0, but now these characters are all just characters in the galaxy who know yeah. each other, who love each other, who might interact but might just go on to have their own complete stories. They are, you know, uh, 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 figures on a chessboard in a grand narrative. And I think Ezra might be the main character of Heir to the Empire film that Florence is going to do. Maybe. Um, maybe Hera would have her own show someday. So I, I think it was great to resolve the plot thread of Rebels. And now I'm just really happy that these characters are in live action. They're on the board and they can go forward and pop up surprising and wonderful places. Jennifer? I completely agree. It was kind of like getting everyone uh, caught up to speed on who these characters are, what their journey has been, and now that we're all on the same page, now we can go on a new adventure. Um, And initially when I I was looking forward to this show, but then obviously with the strike and other things happening, I kind of had a little bit of of my guard up when I first started watching this. Mm -hmm. But I I had to let it down and it was because of these strong performances that I just finally was like, you know, what? this is frick. This is great. And I was able <laughs> to really get immersed into these stories. So bravo to all the all the actors, because that is that is a tough job because those characters and those voice actors from Rebels were so beloved. Yeah, absolutely. Final fun question. Uh, Ken, if you had to be exiled to another galaxy, which of these characters we've talked about today would you want to be exiled with? the key to talk about today uh, for survival's sake i think i would go with ezra but here's my one thing it's not a complaint about the show or the character but in real life a, a, a person like ezra sometimes can wear on me because i am more of a darker soul so as long as ezra can respect my space when when appropriate i think i'd be okay and feel safe and secure that we're going to get through this together yep yep uh i think uh it- I don't want the answer to be this, but I'm feeling chopper today. I'm feeling chopper. I'm, I'm chopper, feeling like yeah, yeah. I would like to be exiled with uh, someone who will do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not maybe yeah. a good star Wars moral, but yeah. honest Jennifer, who would you like to be exiled with? With Ezra as well, because I have a tendency if, well, I have a tendency when I'm in exile, <laughs> I have a tendency to get a little Eeyore ish. Right. So I yeah. need someone to be positive and to lighten the mood and crack some jokes and be like, it's going to be all right. We're, we're going to be mm-hmm. okay. 
Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. well, Ezra and Chopper, both rays of shun- sunshine who are here for us all in our exile. Uh, that's a look at the live action debut of The Rebels. Much more to come. Ken, where can people find us? Hey, you can find us on Twitter and threads at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We are on Instagram and, of course, YouTube. You might be watching us here now. Subscribe if you're not. If you're listening, head over there and give us a like. Podcasts available on a lot of spots. Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. Don't forget, we have our live show on Friday. For me, you can go to uh, at CatNapsuck across social media platforms. I posted once or twice on Blue Sky. I'm trying. I'm trying over there. I'm going to give it a go. Uh, my website, catnapsack.com, is where you can get information on all the things I do. Got a comedy show, two shows actually, up in Seattle at uh, the Capitol Hill Comedy Slash Bar. Ticket information up there. Uh, me, Mark Ellison, Lisa Wallen. And hey, if you're a music fan, this Friday, seven song EP from my band, the Moon, a- Moon-, Moon Agers. I got to say my own band name right. Mm-hmm. The Moon Agers. You can get information on my website as well or just go to themoonagers.bandcamp.com. Jen, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, YouTube at Jennifer Landa, TikTok at Jennifer Landa, eleven thirty eight. There you go, Joseph. Great job today, as always. Take us oh, home, sir. Thank you. Yeah, you can find me on um, not all the social media. You can find me on some social media. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Blue Sky, uh, Threads, Instagram, Facebook, at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, if you are at all interested in helping uh, support me and my production company, being able to make more films, and you are interested in comedy albums, it helps me a lot. If you check out my comedy albums on Bandcamp, there's a link on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. There you go. That's it. So for our friends, the naughty, the naughty, the naughty. Yeah, we'll see you next time here on Force Center. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart. A better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.